It's tipped but handled by Johnson. Johnson is three-point territory, but guarded tightly. Johnson cuts left, now fires a three. It is good, and he's fouled! It's tough, and he is fouled! Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, here with Tommy talking about the unfortunately busted bracket of the NCAA tournament. It happens every year. After the first couple of days, you know, it was like, oh, okay, like, you know, like I got a lot of these right. Like it didn't look like too bad. And then came the second round and teams started to fall. Tommy, what's uh, what's been your take on the tournament so far? Well, it's been pretty good so far. Not many Cinderella teams. I mean, if you count Xavier as a Cinderella team, but it's been it's been fun to watch. There hasn't been any crazy upsets, but it's been fun to watch, man. Yeah, it's you know it's always something. Obviously, with Villanova, the first team to fall, um, and then followed by Florida State, and then Duke. You know, it's it seems like. There's been like much more parity in car, uh, college basketball um, since 2007, really. I think they looked it up. There's only been like one or two one-and-done teams that have won a championship since that rule was instituted. And you're seeing a lot more guys um, not being able to go to the big schools and having to play uh, in other places. Um, a perfect example would be uh, probably Sundarius Thornwell from South Carolina, like, you know, he's a four-year player, um, before, like, the one-and-done thing, he might be at a big program, and, you know, he obviously played really well last night against Duke, um, unfortunately, with, you know, Duke playing their road game, uh, in South Carolina, (laughs) like, against South Carolina, like, oh my gosh, it was just a giant mess, and I'm sure every single UNC fan on the planet is very happy, considering they squeaked out a win over Arkansas, and then got to watch, uh, their neighbor beat up on their rival. Um, what was the most surprising outcome so far? This can be like any game um, since the start of the tournament. Um, most surprising outcome? I would say Mi- uh, no, I'm not going to say Michigan because they're on fire right now. I know they beat Louisville, but um, I'd probably say Xavier making it this far after they lost um, – I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, he was like their best player, but they lost him, and now they're still, yeah, now they're still making this run. I know Florida State was a little probably overseeded, but um, I'd probably say them. I mean, props to them. They're still winning. They're playing really good. I don't think they'll beat Arizona, but yeah. you never know. Obviously, that game is going to be on, what, Thursday at 10 o'clock? I think yeah. The 23rd. Um, yeah, no, Xavier has been great. Um, I always like watching them play because they always have to show Bill Murray in the crowd mm-hmm. with his son being on the coaching staff. Uh, for me personally, my biggest surprise would have to go to Florida. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of talk of them like being upset in the first round against Eastern Tennessee. Um, mm-hmm. But even in the second round, man, I thought that UVA was going to be able to do stuff. And, you know, granted, they only scored 65 points, but they held UVA to 39, (laughs) which if you're scoring 39 points in a tournament game and you're not a 16 seed, that's inexcusable. Like, I'm not – I won't be surprised if Tony Bennett leaves. That's, like, kind of like the next thing is 
with all these teams, um, you know, you know, getting beat and maybe early exits or late runs, you're going to see coaches uh, catapult themselves into certain positions for jobs. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, yesterday Mike Hopkins was poached from Syracuse to get hired by Washington. Uh, unfortunately, I really liked Mike Hopkins. Uh, but then, yeah, Tom Crean got fired by as the coach of Indiana, um, leading favorites right now. You know, apparently in, uh, they're going to make huge offers to Tony Bennett. Uh, Greg Marshall's mm-hmm. name has always come up, and um, also Steve Alford, the alumni, um, might jet out of UCLA before the worst ball brother arrives and the best one leaves. <laughs> which I wouldn't blame him for. I mean, his son's going to be done playing after this year. You know, definitely expect it. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously Duke going down, no one really saw it coming, but, you know, South Carolina's a good team. They're a defensive team, but they can also score. Uh, That's kind of, you know, the key. I think, you know, UVA has a great defense, but they can't score worth a shit. And that showed when they couldn't get shots off and, you know, that jab step around the world where the guy basically just, you know, he should quit college basketball after that. Um but as of right now, we have the Sweet 16 starting on uh, Thursday. We have Wisconsin against Florida. Let's start there. What's your What's your take? Uh, I really like this Florida team. This should be a good game. Probably be another low-scoring game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's funny now that you mentioned that, like how Virginia can't score, and you're saying South Carolina plays defense and can score. It's probably. These, what are we down to, six, 16 teams? Yeah, this was 16. Yeah. Um, they're probably the most balanced, honestly, out of the 64 original teams. Mm-hmm. All the teams that were primarily one-sided have been eliminated. Um, but now Wisconsin, Florida should be a good game. I'm going to side with Florida just because mm-hmm. I like their I think their defense a little bit better than Wisconsin's. And They've been scoring. I know scoring 65 on Virginia doesn't seem like a lot, but uh, it's pretty good for a Virginia team. Yeah. It's like you're saying, man, like both both these teams play really good defense. Wisconsin held Villanova to 62 points, which is mm-hmm. like hella impressive. And, you know, obviously Vill- I think the problem with Villanova is they didn't have a deep rotation and mm-hmm. they had two guys that literally put up goose eggs and didn't do anything. So that's always a huge issue because you really just can't swap guys out. Um, with with that matchup, like I, I would not be surprised at all if either team uh, scored below 70 points. I think that's how it's going to go. Um, I really like Wisconsin. They just have to be mm-hmm. careful with fouls. Uh, Ethan Happ, the first two rounds, both games, he's been in foul trouble early. And, you know, they still prevailed without him He's the best player on that team. He averages a double double almost, and you know, even as a six ten guy, he has pretty good handles. He has good uh, good post vision. I love seeing him post up and then pass the ball. It's just amazing, um, and I, I like what you're saying about the most balanced team being South Carolina and how these one sided teams really haven't been. You know, they've been they've been knocked out or they've struggled a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the one school that is the most one-sided school of them all, <laughs> UCLA. You know, Cincinnati is another team. Great defensive team. You know, they can score mm-hmm. a little bit. They're probably closer to being balanced. But, dear God, we saw UCLA just brutally force their way through that game. 
they're like, we know you're playing good defense, but, you know, we're still going to put up 79 points. And, like, that's, like, really low for them, considering I think they're averaging, like, 95 points a game on the season. <laughs> um, but to see UCLA go against Kentucky, it's going to be another game where both teams are going to score over 100. Um, you know, obviously, Lonzo Ball is going to have to take over at some point, which, you know, obviously we've talked about the draft, and Markel Fultz isn't playing in the tournament, and... Um, before Duke was eliminated, I really thought that Jason Tatum had a great chance to, you know, raise his stock and um, potentially be a number one overall pick, being a wing and not a guard, um, especially with the guard-heavy NBA we have right now. Um, but Lonzo's really come out and, you know, proven why he definitely deserves to be a top two pick. Um, he's showing great vision, and there was a point in. Uh, the Cincinnati game where he's like, okay, we need points. I'm going to score now. Um, I think the specific moment that I remember is, I think it was tied or UCLA hadn't scored a basket, and Lonzo was like, okay, well, I'm just going to drive through four guys and make a like a reverse layup as my head goes under the backboard and act <laughs> like it's nothing. And like seeing that, he's playing on a whole nother level. Um, but with that UCLA-Kentucky game, you know, obviously... Kentucky has the big three, and Bam, Monk, and Fox. Uh, not to forget any of the other crazy, talented kids they have. But normally I wouldn't say this, but I think Steve Alford is the better coach up, coach in this matchup. Uh, I don't – I mean, granted, John Calipari is a great coach, and he's a really good recruiter, um, but he's not running pick and roll with Monk and – having Fox and he's completely wasting the talent. His job is to get guys to the NBA in one year and then be able to kind of like have that as his claim. What's your, uh, what do you, do you think UCLA is going to be able to do it? Or do you think Kentucky's just going to say we're more athletic than you and like kind of just win? Uh, I know they played earlier in the year. I think UCLA won at Kentucky. I think it was a shootout. It was like 97, 92, I want to say. I think we'll definitely see another high-scoring game, probably well over 80 points on both teams. But I, I don't know, man. I could, I think UCLA is going to win. Um, like you say, I think they're the better coach team. Mm-hmm. I know Kentucky probably has more talent, I guess. But um, I'm, I'm going to go UCLA in a shootout. Yeah, it's. Uh... You know, we've been we've been trashing UCLA. Like, we don't think they're going to uh, mm-hmm. win at all. And obviously, I think whenever they get to a team that both plays, like, at least, like, average defense and can also keep up with them, um, mm-hmm. that's when they've been beat. Also, like, when they get cold, if UCLA gets cold in this game, they're not going to get back. Like, it's okay. Because, yeah. like you said, uh, Kentucky scores way too fast. Um, they're talking about it on the postgame show that I think it was in that earlier matchup that, you know, UCLA scored, but then three seconds later, De'Aaron Fox was laying up the ball. <laughs> like, they have to get back on defense. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say this is going to be my favorite matchup of the Sweet 16. Um, it's definitely, like, going to be a great game. It's going to be a great um, game for pro talent. Obviously, you have Lonzo and TJ Leaf, and then De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, and Adebayo if he comes out. I don't know. Um, my favorite game of the Sweet 16 is going to be Kansas against Purdue. Just because I have said it from the beginning, 
I, you know, I have money on them, but I didn't even pick them to win a bracket or to make it this far. So I'm kind of like two faced in this. But Purdue is playing their tails off, man. Caleb Swanigan is eating up every single guy he's playing against, and I don't really think Kansas has anyone that can guard him. Yeah, uh, that's definitely gonna be the probably the matchup to watch. I think Kansas definitely has the guard advantage, obviously with Mason Graham and Jackson, but. Uh, Haas and Swanigan down there. They've just been tearing teams up. Um, but yeah, that should be a good one. I think it's so with the Michigan State game, one thing that going into that was who's going to guard Miles Bridges? And mm-hmm. we got to see Josh Jackson kind of play the role he'll play at, at the next level where he's going to be a three but also a stretch four because he plays good defense and, you know, he played played against bridges the whole game and like they're a really good job so i'm curious to see if they're playing if they put haas and swanigan at the, on the floor at the same time if they're going to have josh jackson guard one of them because kansas <laughs> was played the four guard lineup the whole year mm-hmm. and if you put josh jackson on caleb swanigan like good night that man's gonna get 20 and 20 <laughs> oh my gosh i i love to see it because you know obviously the big 10 big 12 matchup which is like another thing I want to talk about. Apparently, the Big Ten's good. Uh, what we said, what Wisconsin and maybe one other team were the only teams deserving to make the tournament. And, Purdue. <laughs> and yeah, and Purdue and more made it. And we're like, ah, oh, you know, you know, it's not going to be far. I think the over under for total wins of the conference was six and a half, and they've already passed it. You know, Michigan beating Louisville. Like, what's going on? I, I'm not sure. Maybe the Big Ten just beat up on each other the whole year, and you know, Big Ten's the ultimate basketball conference, and the ACC <laughs> just sucks because the ACC had nine teams, and I think UNC is the only one left. Yeah, yeah, UNC is the only ACC team left, and you have to think how that's going to affect um, next year with the bracket draw. I think ACC is going to get you know docked because of it. They're not going to be able to get as many teams in. I mean, obviously, it's going to depend on how good teams are outside of conference, but in-conference might not matter as much anymore, which is kind of scary. Um, so with with the Sweet 16, what what game do you want to call right now as your lock? Uh, lock, I will go North Carolina over Butler. I think North Carolina should be able to get by Butler. I know they had a scare with Arkansas, but I think that'll wake him up a little bit, and I can't see Butler winning that game. That's that's definitely going to be, you know, I, I've, I've said UNC is going to win the tournament. Uh, they've mm-hmm. been playing great. Obviously, they rebound their boards at a ridiculous rate. I think you said, uh, what, 54% against Arkansas? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's stupid. You should not be able to do that. But that's going to be the thing. If they can keep out-rebounding everybody, which they mm-hmm. have, I mean, they hung 103 on Texas Southern. and you know, Arkansas is like a pretty good team. I mean, granted, they play in the SEC, but apparently that also means something now. Yeah. Four SEC schools in the Sweet 16, because why not? But at the same time, like, I think if UNC um, you know, obviously shoots the ball well, if uh, Joel Berry is healthy... Um, they should be able to walk by Butler. My lock, 
and you know, I might pay for this later because I have Arizona in our uh, in our bracket. I really like Arizona over Xavier. <laughs> the official fill the lane bracket has two of the final four teams left, and it's Arizona against UNC. And I have Arizona winning, but obviously I lost Iowa State and Duke. But man, Arizona, you're saying balanced team. They're pretty close. I mean, their defense could use some work, but oh my gosh. Parker Jackson Cartwright's been passing the ball like perfectly. He's doing his perfect Rajon Rondo at Kentucky impression. Uh, Lori Markinen's Dirk. You have Alonzo Trier, who somehow didn't get kicked out of college basketball, but, you know, whatever. And then Kobe Simmons is just, like, there, which... And it's scary to think because they almost had Terrence Ferguson, who was a top recruit, but then he went the Emmanuel Moutier route and decided to play overseas. But, yeah, I I mean, don't get me wrong. Xavier's played really well, and they absolutely destroyed Florida State. And mm-hmm. as much as I love Florida State, they need to fire Leonard, uh, Leonard Hamilton. Yeah. If you have two guys that are going to be potentially first-round draft picks and you're not playing them, like, 35 minutes a game, like what's I understand that you want to rotate and you want to play all these guys, but if you have a 12-man lineup, you're going to have Jonathan Isaac and Bacon off the floor. And you can't have that. Isaac was four for five. He took five shots. He's going to be a top <laughs> five pick. Like, what the, what the hell, man? Like, feed him the ball, let him score, he's going to go to work. And I said it earlier with Villanova how they didn't have a deep enough rotation and they couldn't get their guys going. Uh-huh. If you have too deep of a rotation... You can't get your guys going, and either you just have terrible conditioning and you're just trying to hide that, which I don't think was the problem, but you're not allowing your best talent to play at all times, which is, if I was a college basketball coach, I know it's easy to say, but if I had two guys that are, you know, arguably really, really, I don't, I think Bacon was like one of the all-team ACCs, but He's like a mini LeBron James, man. He just goes to the basket and he scores every time. And Jonathan Isaac is going to be a goddamn top 10 draft pick in the NBA. Like, play them 35 minutes a game and let them take over. Like, I I don't know, man. Like, Phil Kofor shouldn't play a goddamn minute. It's, <laughs> it's such a mess. And, you know, anyone that's a Florida State fan listening is going to, like, have some sort of agreement with me. I, mm-hmm. I know you probably feel a similar way. Yeah, I think they're actually talks right now of ex- uh, him getting an extension, which blows my mind. But, yeah, I think ultimately that's what hurt him. They're, they're such a talented team, but there's no there's no reason for, unless they're in foul trouble, that Bacon and Isaac should be out of the game for more than five minutes. And I, I get that he likes playing all these guys because they're talented, but at some point you've got to say, all right, you're playing – you're not playing. Like you got to make a decision and let them play. I know. I mean, Xavier shot. I think they shot almost seventy percent from three, which you're probably not going to win that game anyway. No. But it's just they could, they could have been so much better than they showed. It's it, you know, it, it's just ridiculous. Here I'll, I'll pull up. Yeah, they shot a fifty six percent from the field and sixty five from three. Like, <laughs> oh my god. FSU shot 19% from three. Okay. But if, like, it's the same problem that the Thunder had a couple years ago. You, you know, you don't have guys that, oh, nope, I thought I got, I thought I got an update on something. Um, 
that you know you you have two extremely talented guys and you have them off the floor at the same time like no that shouldn't happen you always have to have one of them on the floor it's when mm-hmm. you know Scott Brooks or Billy Donovan would bench Durant and Westbrook at the same time like no what are you doing and you know I'm looking at the box score right now um, Bacon and Isaac both had over 30 minutes but like every single person uh, Kumaji was the only one who had below Kumaji and Allen both had below five minutes mm-hmm. but P- Savoy had 14 Angola had 11 like Phil Kofer had nine minutes <laughs> well, what are you doing he's awful he was 0 for 1 he had two rebounds and two fouls and a turnover that, yeah it's absolutely inexcusable and unfortunately Leonard Leonard Unfortunately, Leonard Hamilton's going to get like a 20-year extension. He's just going to keep coaching uh, because apparently that's what happens when you make the round of 32 as a three seed and get upset by uh, a mid-major Ohio school. Yeah, I think part of that, their 30-plus minutes was because they were down by 20 the whole game and realized that's the only way they yeah. might get back into it. But I think the biggest thing with Hamilton is I've watched plenty of Florida State games. Mm-hmm. I can only count on a handful of times that they have actually ran an offensive play. Yeah. It's, it blows my mind. <laughs> he's, um, I, I really think he's in the same vein as coaches as Calipari. Mm-hmm. He's a great recruiter. You know, he can get guys to play. He can get guys to, you know, lower their egos or tell guys he's still going to play 10 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. But run the pick and roll with Isaac and Bacon. If you yeah. run that, like, whatever. Isaac's going to roll and dunk on somebody. Bacon's going to just forget about the pick and roll and dunk on somebody. Or you pass it out to Isaac and he hits a three. Like, you would think that that would be a simple thing. Like, unfortunately, that's one of the things with college basketball. So if you had a good coach, like, we saw that with Butler. Butler made the the finals in two back-to-back years because <laughs> they had Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens is going to outcoach anybody. And, you know, that's why you had... Michigan State make it as far as they did with, like, no talent. Mm-hmm. Miles Bridges. And, like, granted, Tom Izzo sold his soul for the one-and-done game, and he wasn't ready to play it yet. Unfortunately, we didn't have um, Beheim get in, but, you know, Duke's been in the tournament how many years in a row? Like, it's just ridiculous if you have a good coach. And mm-hmm. I would love to see Archie Miller um go somewhere and obviously his brother over at Arizona both of them are great coaches and they've uh-huh. done great jobs with their teams and great jobs with the program uh, Mike White Mike White was responsible for two tournament teams <laughs> unfortunately Vanderbilt couldn't beat Northwestern because they had a dumb player that did a dumb thing but he's got Florida to the Sweet 16 and you know there's a chance they make it to the Elite 8 and then they're playing Baylor or South Carolina and I still like Florida over both of those teams mm-hmm like unbelievable man and you know shout out to mike white being the brother of ucf's ad danny white but (laughs) you know so if we haven't talked about it already those remaining games those i think we haven't talked about oregon michigan baylor south carolina or gonzaga of those three games um is there any one of them that you think is going to be like down to the wire or is it going to be a blowout um I think Oregon-Michigan, out of the three, I honestly couldn't care less who won the Baylor-South Carolina game. But um, I think Oregon-Michigan, just because 
even though uh, Oregon doesn't have their big center, they won't need him against Michigan. They're not a, that big of a team. Um, that's just if you want to watch that game, that's going to be straight athletes running up and down the court. Oh yeah. With with I think Dylan Brooks probably have a good game. Um, what's scary is uh, what's the point guard for Michigan? Um, Derek Walton. Walton had one of his worst games, and they just beat Louisville. Yeah. And, so I think that's going to be a good game. I'm I'm really interested to see West Virginia Gonzaga. I thought Notre Dame personally would be able to beat West Virginia just because they're lack of turnovers, but I very underestimated West Virginia's press. I They made Notre Dame... I think there was a time where no one on Notre Dame wanted to have the dribble ball at the court, and they only they only play about seven people. Six people get like good decent minutes, but yeah, they were so tired that there were guys coming on the court that I have never seen Notre Dame play. Mm-hmm. And then they turned it over. And Gonzaga's a deep team. They I think they play about eight guys constantly, but I want to see if they can handle that press. That their defense is just it blows my mind to watch. Yeah, I I definitely have to agree with you. Um, it was kind of funny it, to me. This happened early in the year when West Virginia beat Baylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same situation. Like both Mike Bray and Scott Drew when they faced him. They kind of were like, oh, West Virginia's pressing. They do this? Like, is this a thing? And it's like, what the, have they <laughs> not been following college basketball? It's all they do. And, like, they weren't prepared for it, and they got ran off the court. And, like you're saying, there was a lot of guys that got minutes that don't usually get minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they played nine guys, which is, like, two more than they normally do. But, Jesus, they ran them off the floor. West Virginia played really well um, from beginning to end. They forced a ton of turnovers, and... You know, that was always going to be a thing for me if uh, it ever came to them playing, like, Duke or Florida State. Those two teams, like, don't have pure point guards. And, like, granted, mm-hmm. like, Notre Dame has Matt Farrell, who's, like, done a great job. Mm-hmm. Jesus, and it always helps when you uh, when you shoot well. Um, Carter was 8 for 15 from the field mm-hmm. and 4 for 5 for 3. Like... Darius Miles played really well. Yeah, they had a lot of open looks. They all shot well from the line. Yeah, they were fifty uh, percent from the field and fifty-seven from three. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know, Notre Dame shot thirty-five, and if Notre Dame like gets to the line, they're going to hit their free throws. But mm-hmm. that was a really good game to watch. Um, but West Virginia against Gonzaga, oh boy, I want to see Karnowski try and outrun West Virginia. I don't think he's going to do it. He might get down the court when they go down and back. He's, uh, you know, I'm saying this, but he could probably kill me in a foot race. (laughs) These guys are all crazy athletes, but the fact that Huggins has gotten West Virginia to literally just press the whole game and just, fuck you, this is our defense. And it's the best thing because it reminds me of how Bayheim plays. Like, Bayheim's like, we're playing the zone. That's all we're playing. That's all we're Mm -hmm. doing. But the problem with was what Beheims fell into is that he's taking these one and done guys, and you can't play that kind of defense and be effective if you have like freshmen that haven't played in this system. And West Virginia is like a very experienced team; uh, mm-hmm. they've been here before, and I I really think they're going to kill Gonzaga. I think out of these of those three games, I think this is going to be the largest margin. I think West Virginia is going to win by more than ten points. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see it if they. 
if uh, Goss can break the press, which I think he should be able to do, uh, if they get in the half court, I don't think there's anyone in West Virginia that would be able to handle Karnowski. But if they get into a running up and down the court, West Virginia might just roll over them. And it's going to be a great coaching matchup, obviously, between Mark Few and Bob Huggins. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how uh, Few adjusts to this if he's like, hey, you know, because there is a point where you kind of have to push it to get over that half court. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, like, if you have the open, do you, like, continue to play at the fast pace? Because if you do that, like, oh, my God, West Virginia is going to run you off the floor. Mm-hmm. It's so, like, in their game against Northwestern, um, obviously it got closer than people think. And there was that controversial goaltending call. And to every single Northwestern person, and I know this probably hurts if anybody in the sports journalism industry is listening to this and actually cares (laughs) because they're going to shut me down and never let me speak again. Um, Stop bitching about the call. There was five minutes left in the game. And you still lost. I understand momentum. I get it. Yeah. I understand, Elaine. I love Seinfeld, but... You know, you guys lost by six, and there was five minutes left in the game. It's the same thing with the Michigan-Louisville game. Uh, a couple years back, the championship game, where Trey Burke got called for a foul, and he probably shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. But there's five minutes left in the game. That's, yeah. like, come on. I think what hurt him more was the coach got a technical right after that and yeah. gave him two free points on the ball. Shout out to uh, Baby Collins over there. Looking to be the next... Uh, coach of indiana i don't know man like it'll be interesting obviously like we don't really care about baylor uh baylor south carolina i didn't think baylor was gonna get here i had them getting upset both times like i had brackets where they got beat by new mexico i had brackets where they got beat by smu so Mm -hmm. i mean granted they beat usc and they made it past but man south carolina might rip through them i don't know if scott drew's gonna be able to outcoach the great frank martin frank Mm -hmm. the tank but if you okay, so ESPN has a thing right now where you can start a new bracket and just do the Sweet 16. If you had to pick one now, if you had to pick right now, one team. Oh, let's just say pick pick your final two teams and pick a winner out of the remaining 16. Fresh slate. Uh, the championship. Yep. I'm gonna go Arizona Kansas. Ooh, got Kansas over UNC. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I think I think Kansas has the hardest road going through yeah. Purdue and then Oregon and Michigan, um, and then having to play UCLA, Kentucky, North Carolina. But I think they're the best team. Mm-hmm. That would be a good game. I want to see them play North Carolina. I think that'd be I think that'd be a great championship game. But yeah. I think Arizona Arizona should have the easiest path unless. Uh, Xavier decides to shoot 70% again or <laughs> I think they should be able to hang with West Virginia they have great point guards um, but I would I would say Florida um, Arizona North Carolina Kansas would be my final four out of these teams mm-hmm. um, then I'll go Arizona Kansas and I think Kansas gets it done okay Rock Chalk Jayhawk I don't, man, I don't blame you. Um, you know, obviously Bell Self has changed his ways, playing four guards. Um, I really think if they get by Purdue, 
high. I mean, it UNC is that only other team, but I think Purdue and UNC are the two toughest teams they have to play the rest of the way. Because mm-hmm. I think they can beat Kentucky and UCLA, whoever makes it out of there. Um, but I'm going to go, obviously I have to go a little bit different. Um, I love Arizona. I think they're complete on both ends. Uh, you know, obviously they don't have the top level guards that Kansas does, um, but they have better uh, inside and inside, really just an end and inside guy in general. Kansas doesn't have a guy playing inside. Um, mm-hmm. The West Virginia-Arizona matchup is going to be interesting, but like you said, Arizona's got two great guards. They have Simmons and Parker Jackson Cartwright, um, who I think are going to be able to break the press. And, man, I it's hard for me not to see Arizona getting out of that side of the bracket. Uh, my final four is going to be South Carolina Gamecocks. <laughs> along with Arizona, and I think Arizona is going to beat them to make it to the finals. Um, man, I I really want to pick Purdue, but it's hard. <laughs> Kansas is too damn good. Uh, I think Michigan's going to beat Oregon. Um, I'll put it to you this way: if it ends up being Purdue against UNC, we're going to see the great Kennedy Meeks against Caleb Swanigan <laughs> matchup. Oh my gosh! But at the same time, like if we saw. I just want to see Caleb Swanigan eat people. That's all I care about. I just want to see him dominate small little children that shouldn't be playing, um, which if anybody caught um, the clips they were showing of Swanigan playing when he was like 12, God, he was like two two sixth graders put together. He was just large. But I would love to see him like just kill Thomas Welsh on the basketball court. Thomas Welsh does not look like he should be playing center. He's a stretch four. Um, so I got Arizona and UNC. I got UNC right. and Kansas just because, man, UNC's got so much size compared to Kansas, and I think the rebounding is really going to bring them there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've said it, man. I think Arizona is the best team in the tournament. I think I'm going to go all in right now. I got Arizona over UNC in the national championship game, which ironically right. is what I also have for the fill the lane bracket. So, you know. <laughs> tying those together but yeah so you got kansas i mean we both have arizona so like i'm hoping yeah. it happens so we got you got kansas i got unc um obviously i think after who knows we might do something before the uh elite eight kicks off on saturday or sunday or we might just wait until we have our final four but regardless thank you to everybody for listening to the podcast please like share subscribe share uh, leave a review, give us a rating, whatever you can do to help us out. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you to Bold City Records for our intro music. Thank you to my main man, Tommy Lynch, for coming on for college basketball. We're going to have to give you a new job after this to get keep getting you back on here, <laughs> get you with our basketball futures. But, yeah, thank you again for coming on. Um, and yeah, that's it. We're out of here. <laughs>